What's up, everyone? Welcome into episode 111, where I'll talk about the breaking news that happened over this weekend for Michigan State football. I'll also talk about the NFL draft and how I believe the Lions did. And I'll also talk about some trades as well, because this NFL draft was pretty exciting. So let's get into it with the Michigan State news that just took place over this past weekend. There was actually news that broke earlier this morning as well. But the news that broke over this weekend, Michigan State had three players enter the transfer portal, Panthorn, Keon Coleman, and Chuck Brantley. Talk a little bit about each. So Panthorn was the starting quarterback last year. There was a big quarterback competition kind of going on between him, Noah Kim, and Kane Hauser. So depending on who you asked, especially some of the beat writers, kind of seemed like Panthorn was the guy that was kind of leading throughout the whole thing. But other people were saying, hey, that wasn't necessarily true. Kane Hauser had a really good first scrimmage. Noah Kim looked pretty good during the spring game. It kind of seemed like a really close QB battle. And this news by Panthorn entering into the transfer portal kind of tells you that one or two things. Either Panthorn was not winning the quarterback battle and he wasn't going to be the starting quarterback, or two... He kind of wanted assurances that he was going to be the starting quarterback, and Mel Tucker didn't give it to him. Out of those two options, I'm not exactly sure which one would be true. We have seen that players in the past that have wanted assurances did not get them, and they end up transferring. An example is Germany Bernard. He wanted assurances from Mel Tucker that he will be a star at wide receiver. It seemed like he did not get those. He then went to Washington, where he is from. Now, with that being said, if he did get those assurances, would he have stayed? Depending on who you ask, probably not. He was probably going home anyways. But this is just an example that shows you that Mel Tucker, if that is the case with Panthorn, that he's not going to give you the starting spot just because you asked for it. Now, would I think Panthorn would ask for the starting spot? I'm not exactly sure. I don't really have a ton of inside information. Actually, I don't really have any. But this is an interesting first transfer for Michigan State. I think it kind of, again, shows you where Michigan State is right now and that it is going to be either Kane Hauser or Noah Kim that will be the starting quarterback because I don't think Panthorn will come out of the transfer poll. There's been talks and rumors about Auburn being interested in Panthorn. If they are, it wouldn't surprise me if he went there just because it's the SEC. They're kind of looking for a quarterback there as well. And it'll be a whole new scenery for him. So if he does that, I wish him nothing but the best. I wish him good luck. I was a pretty big Panthorn fan. I thought he was really good in 2021. I thought he was all right at times in 2022. And... Michigan State's just headed on a different path right now, and we're going to have a new starting quarterback this coming year. The other news that broke, and this is the, I don't want to say bigger news, but I think the news a lot of people were really kind of panicking about, and that was Keon Coleman entered the transfer portal. 
This was shortly announced after Panthorn announced that he was going to be entering the transfer portal. Now, with that being said, they did not make the decision at the same time, according to Michigan State people. It seemed like Keon Coleman entered or was talking about entering a week before. So this will definitely make it interesting. So I don't think they're entering together, to be completely honest, if that is true. Now, with that being said, could Keon Coleman come back to Michigan State? According to Justin Thin, there is a chance that he could come back to Michigan State. That door is still open for him. And he even said that with Payne Thorne entering the transfer poll, it could possibly mean that Keon Coleman is more likely to come back. Now, is that true? I'm not exactly sure. We did see Keon Coleman respond to it and then later delete his response. So I don't think anyone truly knows what's going on. But this is a big transfer if Keon Coleman doesn't come back. Because one, Keon Coleman was going to be the starting wide receiver for Michigan State. And I don't think that's a question. He was going to be the number one guy. He was by far the best receiver coming back. He was really good last year. Even though Panthorn struggled at times, he had a dominant performance against Michigan in the first half, was shut out in the second half, just because I think Michigan really targeted him the second half. But Keon Coleman is a special wide receiver when he's on, and this could absolutely be a huge loss for Michigan State if they're not able to get him back. There's also talks about other teams tampering him like trying to get him to transfer a couple of times Michigan State has avoided that at this point it will be interesting to see if that happens again hopefully it does happen again the door is open but as of right now we have no idea what Keon Coleman is going to do the last player that entered the transfer portal was Chuck Brantley he was the third player that announced he is most known for his one-handed interception against Michigan. That's probably by far his largest highlight at Michigan State. He is a part of that secondary that has really struggled at Michigan State throughout the past couple of years. At times, he's been extremely good, and at times, he hasn't been able to get on the field because he's been injured or he struggled. He is someone that isn't a bigger corner he does hit really hard, which kind of can cause those injury problems. But the good news is that this bad streak kind of ended today because it was announced that Chuck Bentley was coming back. Well, he was not in the transfer poll anymore. This is a really good sign for Michigan State because I think over this weekend, a lot of people thought that the football program was really falling apart, that things were not looking very good, that the sky was falling in. At the time, it did because you had players that had made impacts in the past that would probably play quite a bit this year leave. And Michigan State hasn't had that, I believe, according to Justin Thin. Again, that Keon Coleman would be technically like the first like legit starter to enter the transfer portal. At that time, we found out that Panthorn would enter later on. But people thought Michigan State was falling. And while there are still concerns about Michigan State football, I do think it's really important to talk about 
what expectations should be this year. And I know that I'll go into more depth later on about this coming year, why I think the record will be, where I think they'll be good, where I think they'll struggle a little bit. I will definitely talk later about that as the football season gets closer. But one thing I do want to say before we go on to kind of like the Lions, which the Lions will probably be the end of this podcast, I do want to just talk about being patient with this football team. I know a few years ago, Michigan State had 11 wins. They had Kenneth Walker. Seemed like things were really going up for Michigan State. And then last year was, of course, a really big disappointment. Not making a bowl game for Michigan State is kind of unacceptable for a lot of times. I do think last year was unacceptable. With that being said, Mel Tucker took over a program that was down really bad so all I say is just be patient. I know it's not exactly what Michigan State fans want to hear, but Mel Tucker's still building this program. And while this year they won't win 9-10 games, if they can get to a bowl game, if they can get to 6-7, maybe 8 wins, I think that's a solid good year. I think Michigan State just needs to show that last year's season was a fluke. I don't think Michigan State can afford to miss a bowl game this year. And I know the schedule is extremely difficult. I understand that. But we need to see improvement. That's my biggest thing, is if we see improvement from Michigan State and we've seen players starting to buy in again with their responses to these portal transfers, I definitely think this could continue to grow in the next couple of years. But like I said, continue to be patient for Michigan State and hopefully this good news continues after the announcement of Chuck Brantley coming back. Now I want to quickly go on to the NFL draft because that was the biggest thing from this past week and weekend because the Lions had quite a few picks in this draft. They had eight picks. They ended up actually having five picks in the top 70 and six picks in the top 100. And I know a lot of people might not be thrilled with this draft. I don't think a lot of people have this draft rated very highly, especially with like NFL writers. I think this draft is very, very good for the Lions. I think this draft fills everything that the Lions needed to do. I think they got a ton of playmakers. I think they got some players that will start day one. I do think they got some depth pieces as well towards the last four picks, but the first four picks, even five, are just, to me, really fun, really exciting, really entertaining picks. And that's where we're going to start with the first round, pick number 12. The Lions actually end up moving back from six. They end up drafting running back Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. And at this time of the pick, a lot of people, including me, was very shocked by it. I don't think people had the Lions taking a running back unless it was, of course, Bijan Robinson. But Bijan went to eight for the Falcons. So Bijan wasn't there anymore. But when this announcement happened, you could even see in Ford Field that the fans were there. It was quiet. There wasn't like booing. But I think fans were pretty surprised about this, and I was too. 
But the more time I've had you think about it, I think this is a good, uh, pretty good to very good pick. Now, I know the value of it. There's a lot of questions about it. I think the value of the running back position has kind of gone downhill as of recent, just because you've seen Super Bowl teams not pay running backs a whole ton. But the thing is, a lot of these running backs aren't Jameer Gibbs. When Jameer Gibbs is good, he's going to be an Elvin Kamara type running back. He's going to be someone that's going to be able to get to the outside, someone that's going to be an absolute mismatch in the slot. He's going to catch a bunch of balls in. We've already seen Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell. We've already seen them talk about how they're going to want to use Jameer Gibbs, and that is they're going to put him in the slot. Like, you still have David Montgomery that you're paying $6 million a year, but if you can put Jameer Gibbs in the slot, you're adding another weapon on this team that teams are going to have to guard. Like, imagine this. You have David Montgomery in the backfield. You have Jameer Gibbs in the slot. You also have Amon Ross St. Brown in the slot, and you have Jamison Williams and also Sam Lepora. We'll talk about for the 34th overall pick. Who are you going to stop on the offense? This Lions team's offense is going to be very, very good, very, very fast, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think Jameer Gibbs is going to have a huge role from day one, and I think Jameer Gibbs is going to end up being a really good running back for this Lions team. Next, we got their second round, second round one pick which is pick 18. You got Jack Campbell, linebacker out of Iowa. I really, really like this pick. I think this is probably one of my favorite picks out of this draft. While some people might think this is a little bit of a reach, I think Jack Campbell is the type of linebacker that's going to be your male linebacker for 10 plus years, in my opinion. I could be absolutely wrong about that. Jack Campbell might not out, but Jack Campbell is the perfect, in my opinion, starting linebacker for the Lions. He is someone that one is not willing to, that is not afraid to hit. He's one player that's super athletic. He's very good in coverage as well for the most part. He's someone that's going to come in day one. It's going to be him, probably Malcolm Rodriguez, and Alex An- Anzalone that's going to be playing majority of the snaps, and that is a much improved linebacking core just because of Jack Campbell. So I really do like this pick, and I think this is one of my favorite picks from the Lions in this draft. Round two is where the Lions again dress the offensive side of the ball, and that is with the pick 34. They have tight end Sam Laporta. The Lions go back-to-back Iowa players, and if there's one Iowa player that you're drafting on offense, it's going to be Sam Laporta because everyone else on the offense, besides an offensive lineman, was not very good. Sam Laporta was the number one guy for Iowa. Like, Sam Laporta was basically the only guy they ever went to, and that's because he's pretty much a mismatch wherever he is. Now, he does have to work a little bit on his blacking because he's a little small for a tight end. He's only 6'5", which is saying a lot for only being 6'5", but you can flex him out on the edge. You can put him in the slot. You can put him on the offensive line. He's a pretty good blacker for 
his size. At least he gives a lot of effort when he does. He needs to, again, improve on that part. But Sam Laporta is a athletic tight end that not can only catch well, but he can break tackles, which is something that TJ Hackinson could not do. He's also really athletic. I think his RAS score was like a 9.1, which is really good score for tight end. So really like this pick. And this next pick is probably one of my favorites. And that is pick 45, Brian Branch out of Alabama. The Lions go Alabama, Iowa. Iowa, and then back to Alabama. And I think this is one of the most underrated draft picks in the whole draft, in my opinion, because Brian Branch is by far the best safety in this draft. And while the safeties in this draft aren't as good as they have been in the past, Brian Branch is going to come in and make an absolute impact. He's a really smart player. He has been the captain of kind of that defense for a while. Nick Saban absolutely loves Brian Branch. He's going to play kind of that Gardner Johnson role if he doesn't come back after this year. But having Brian Branch and Gardner Johnson right there on your defense, that's going to cause so many teams, so many issues. And this secondary, compared to what was last year, is going to be so different, so good for the Lions. And this is why I love this draft pick, because while the Lions didn't necessarily draft a ton of players on the defensive line, only one, they did really focus on kind of one of their main weaknesses, and that is solved by Brian Branch and whoever they got in the free agent from this past year. Next, we got round three, and this was probably my favorite move, or like I said, one of my favorites. Jack Campbell, Brian Branch, and 68, Hendon Hooker. Those three are probably my favorite moves just because I think they're the three best players on this board. No shot at Jameer Gibbs. I think Jameer Gibbs is up there as well, but I think those three players will be stars on this team. And while is that saying a lot about Hendon Hooker? Yeah, it is. Hendon Hooker, if he was a little younger, if he wasn't healthy, he was going to be a first-round pick. Like, there was people mocking him in the first round, and the Lions got a good backup quarterback for now. Like, if you don't want to pay Jared Goff and Hendon Hooker ends up being the player that he was projected to be, you don't have to pay Jared Goff. You have a really good quarterback that has a strong arm that if he pans out, you could have a very good starting quarterback or you could have a good backup if he just isn't that. And the Lions really haven't had that for a while. They haven't had a backup that you can really trust in quite a while. And while Hendon Hooker will probably take this majority of the season to heal up, I do think that this is really key going forward for the future of this Lions franchise, not only this year, but then the next couple, especially if you don't want to sign Jared Goff to an extension. We're kind of getting down to the last couple of picks. We got pick 96 in the round three. You have the big guy, Broderick Martin out of Western Kentucky. He's a defensive tackle, 300 plus pounds. He is 
a beast, like someone that you are not going to be able to move. Well, statistically, he's not someone that extremely stands out from that aspect of things. If you want someone that will literally plug up the middle of your defense, Project Martin is that guy, and I think him and Elaine McNeil will do that. I do think that will help the lines in the run game as well with Jack Campbell in the back as well. Some people thought this was a reach. Lions needed to address it. Was it a reach? Probably. But like I said, Lions needed to really address the defensive line. And they got their guy that they love. They got a huge guy that's going to absolutely stuff everything. He can fix his pass rush. He can be a little slow off the line. But with his size, doesn't really matter because he's going to fill up that hole. With that being said... It was almost 50 picks until our next pick, and that is offensive line Colby Sorsdale out of William and, and Mary. He is one of the best FCS offensive linemen. I think he was actually the best offensive lineman out of the FCS grade-wise. He is an absolute beast. Like, he is someone that absolutely dominated his competition, which if you're in the FCS, that's exactly what you want to look for. He is a little bit of a project, but in the round five, six, seven, you're, I think you're going for more guys of their traits. He's a bigger kind of guy. He does show potential. He's going to add quite a bit of depth through this offensive line as well, and if he pans out, he could be a starting offensive lineman. He's probably a guard for the lines, but this is a good pickup for the lines because like I said starting from the maybe even in the fourth fourth fifth six seven you're kind of going for more traits of players in seven names and I think Colby is going to be someone that's going to come in excited and hardworking and if things work out this is a really great pick from Brad Holmes and we've seen Brad Holmes hit on these late picks and Colby could be one of them, if it doesn't work, it's a fifth-round pick. It's really hard to hit on fifth, sixth, and seventh-round picks. The last pick is pick 219. You got Antone Green out of North Carolina. I believe he averaged about 17 to 19 yards per catch. He's kind of your deep threat. Um, going to be a little hard for him to make an impact right away. I don't think people are expecting that. I think he's going to be more of a practice guy early on in his career. If he can make it, though, he's going to be that deep threat. He's going to be someone that has a good opportunity to make it, has a good chance to make it. And again, Brad Holmes is just addressing the offensive side of the ball. So overall, I actually really like this draft from the Lions. Some people might not love it, especially due to positional grading, but I don't think positional grades and like values, especially where the Lions are currently, I don't think that necessarily matters a whole ton. Now, it does matter a little bit, but I think the Lions are realizing that, hey, right now is where the Lions need to start competing. Like, it's win now, and if the Lions were not in this 
area, not what the Lions wanted to do and didn't think they could, I don't think they'll be taking Jameer Gibbs at 12. I think they realize that Jameer Gibbs is someone that can come in, make an immediate impact on an offense, and make an offense that's not going to be able to get be stopped by many teams. Now, one of those teams that probably will be able to be stopped is the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's kind of where this last move comes in for the Detroit Lions because they end up trading DeAndre Swift to the Eagles for a 7th round swap and a 2025 4th round pick. This is about what I expected. Maybe a little better of a trade than I thought the Lions would get for DeAndre Swift. I wish him nothing but the best at the Eagles. I really do hope he is successful because he's a hard-working guy. He's a guy that brought the Lions a ton of good moments. Now, would it surprise me if he had his best season? No, it wouldn't surprise me at all because we've seen Lions go to other teams, get traded, and then have their best season. So, wish him nothing but the best. I think he'll be good. I think the Eagles will be very good as well, and I think this is about as good as what the Lions could have asked for in a trade for him. So, yeah, kind of a busy past week and you had a bunch of Michigan State news where you kind of rode the roller coaster of uh, is the sky falling? Now it's not. You got some good news. And then you have the Lions and their draft, which I really like. And I think Brad Holmes did a very good job. But you never exactly know because it's a draft. You won't know for a few years if it's good or not. It can always look good on paper and then the players just don't pan out. So, yeah. Thank you for... Tune in to episode 111. I also do want to say, instead of another episode of just me, I actually have two interviews coming out this week. 112 and 113 will both be interviews. You guys will definitely want to pay attention to both. They're both great interviews as well. But yeah, hopefully you enjoy this coverage of Michigan State football and the NFL draft. And I will be back next week talking about whatever happened this week. So thank you again for listening to episode 111 and make sure you tune in to episodes in the future.